Oh, what got his ass now? You have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee Chatter show number 125. We have the uh, turkey recap. It's actually turkey rounds three and four. A um, little bit of action to break down today, Tori. We got you in the car. We got me in studio. How you doing, pal? All good. Turkey two. Yeah, it is turkey two. Yeah, turkey two. <laughs> I, I like the sound of turkey two for some reason. You know, I do, I do like that, too. Trying to go for, like, turkey three and four versus turkey one and two. Like, it's just easier to separate. You know, we had turkey one, and now we're on turkey two. I know. It's kind of funny thing, turkey two. But, um, okay, yeah. How about, I mean, when he starts the great day, of course, how about fucking Felicia's first straight? Are you kidding me? She came out like a rocket ship on that broken Europe. She absolutely stomped some gates this weekend. Uh, you you got to think that she's been practicing on a pro gate Europe, just like all you people should. Like, there's a reason she gets those hole shots. She's not just stepping up to a gate and being like, okay, I know this gate's going to be like a pro gate Europe. She knows she goes to a pro gate Europe, she's going to be good on a pro gate Europe. You got to practice on a pro gate Europe. Did she have the hole shot device on her answer carbon fork engaged? Answer BMX, answerbmx.com, get yours today, baby. You know what? I got to point something out about the Pro Gate Europe's. You know, we we run these ads. You know, there's a reason why we like Pro Gate Europe's. Like we've said many things, but one of the reasons I'm going to point out right now, people were slipping and sliding on those turns all weekend in the rain. Even okay, you get a good Pro Gate Europe, you're never even going to slip in the rain. There's a reason why they are a good gate. There is a reason why you don't slip. The grip on those things is is honestly insane. Like you could. I mean, even atmosphere, like tons of times, we, we ride in the rain all the time, and like we never had a problem with the gate. No, we're always worried about the hill or everything after, but the gate, it's always grippy. It almost gets more grippy in the rain. I don't even know if that's a thing or if that's possible, but sometimes I feel that way, which is insane. The cool thing is, like, you don't even, like, I never even thought about slipping in the gate in, on a pro gate. You don't even have to worry about it. Like, you know, other gates, you like, especially outdoor rates on the normal tracks, because sometimes the gates, like, the framing and everything is a bit older and stuff so you have to spin your wheel before and you get in the gate and you're like god please don't spin <laughs> you go to those tracks where it's just the concrete you're just standing on concrete and you know that if it's at all damp or there's any bit of dust you're spinning out if your tire is just a little bit too hard or you've lost a little bit of uh grooves on your tire you're not going to get any traction you're just praying that it, it hooks up you don't have to do that on the pro gate you don't have to worry about all that crap you are praying too it's like I was, I was always under the thought process, too. Like, I'm just going to pin it, and if I spin, I spin. But with a pro gate, you don't even have to think about it. So, yeah. Get yours today, people. Great gates. Love to have them on board. Uh, Great racing this past weekend. Sorry, T, continue. <laughs> I was going to say, great racing this past weekend, honestly. Like, uh, really excited, to be honest. I would agree. A lot of exciting action that went down. Um it seemed like people adjusted to the track, the turns, everything a little bit more, in my opinion. I didn't think we saw as many uh, slide-outs, explosions, whatever you want to call it, which was good. I know it didn't rain either of the days, um, but it just looked like you know two weekends racing there. People were definitely more comfortable on the second weekend. And you're right, it made for some good action. Both days, men and women's class, they were, they were exciting to watch. Even with the, the, the smaller numbers, it was exciting to watch. So before the weekend, I saw photos of people going and um, whatever, seeing the sights and everything, which is cool. I'm sure it's I'm sure, a um, pretty fascinating place to go visit. So I don't know what they're called, but like the women, they had to, they had to like cover their head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. What's, what's that. what's that called? Like, is, it a, is there a name for what they're wearing? Um, you know? I'm going to look it up right now because I'm not actually familiar with what it's called. I just know that's just one of those things in their culture that obviously is respectful to do, I guess. So do you have to wear them in a church or do you have to wear them like always? I'm curious. Good question. Um, so here's, here you go. Traditionally, Turkish women generally wore a fez or 
and a scarf combined as a headdress. These essential garments were ornament, ornamented, ornamented in various ways in different regions. The importance of the headdress for Turkish women is expressed in a proverb as first head, then meal, and then work after. I don't care. So anyways, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to sum up, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to sum up, we're not real sure. To sum, <laughs> um, sum up. <laughs> that was interesting. I, mean, I think it was Molly and Tegan and Jen I saw. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, it's pretty cool to get to... We're going to have these issues through the show, I feel like. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> Sorry. We're just going to blow through it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like it was uh, pretty cool that they got to go explore somewhere new. We always talk about going to the same places over and over, and this opportunity they had to go to Turkey, and not just for one weekend, but for two, they got to spend a few days exploring, enjoying the, uh, the culture, checking the, the new places, new things. It's really cool. It looked like a lot of people took advantage of that, and you gotta love, you love to see it. Yeah, I would have loved to go, actually. It would have been cool a new, new place to go. It looked like... Um, I don't know about the rain day, perhaps, uh, whatever, from the first weekend, but it looked like decent turnout from people. I don't know. Especially Turkey, that's not like a BMX capital, obviously. No, I, I'd say so. Like, I saw, I think the last day there was more people. They showed a little bit of the crowd. There was a lot more people watching. Um, so that was really cool. They obviously did a little bit of a promotion promotion job. I saw even Eddie was wearing, um, he had the Sakaria logo or name on his jersey. Um I'm not sure if that was because they were, you know, maybe sponsoring him a little bit for the weekend because he was there testing the track and whatnot. But they were clearly into it, clearly into the racing action and coming out to watch people. So that was cool. Really cool to see. Yeah, it seems to expand in those countries. I wonder if that'll kickstart anything having a track there and a World Cup and stuff. I wonder if um, people knew about it locally. It's a good question. I'm not sure. You, you hope it does. You hope it kind of, yeah. you know, brings yeah, more eyeballs, places, more attention. You never know, like it. Something that comes if people are going to, you know, want to go see it or what. But it's a way to get kids on bikes, I think, and to feel inspired to, to start racing. Yeah, I'd say so too. I mean, I think this was a small World Cup weekend. It probably didn't have the – it could have had more flair if it was, you know, a different different race with more riders. But I don't think that would have uh, d- deterred anyone from going to watch the excitement that, that happened. So hopefully you get some Turkish racers in the near future. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? No kidding. Yeah. Um, let's start with the women or the men this week? Um, let's start with the men. Let's start with the men because I think the women's was uh, exciting on day two. So let's start with the men's. Um, holy shit, was Diego fast. Was he ever? Holy smokes. Talk about spicy. Oh. Holy shit, was he fast. I mean, the guy was the guy was just flat pulling. Like, there's no other other way to say it properly. No. I, I felt like he had, like, so the Colombians, we'll get to, they were dominating. He, they've all been going fast, but he had something on the first weekend where he almost hole-shotted, I think it was day one from the outside, and blew a foot trying to pedal into the turn, I think, and end up spinning out, something like that. But he was frisky, like, he was fast. And it's always felt like he's kind of hit or miss sometimes, where it's like he's either has that winning speed or you kind of don't see him. And he showed he had that winning speed, and holy crap, did he ever lay it down. Man, he looked good all day, honestly. He's, uh, he's got that form out of the gate where it's, it's almost kind of effortless. Like, he doesn't look like he's moving around on the bike too much. It doesn't look like he's going as fast as he is out of the start because everything stays so, so still and so calm. But, man, like, he, he's fast twitch. He, he can push those cranks. Holy we need to talk about the semi. My guy, Pills, I can't believe he didn't make the main from where he was in the semi. Did you see the semi? I did, but now i got to watch it. I'm a little con- – so after watching two days back-to-back and now watch- and now talking about both days, I always have to go back and watch a little more because I kind of forget which day was which. Okay, so the move by Racine, Ramin Racine, in the, I think it was the second turn. Holy shit. Did you see how low he carved? I'm going to go look now. That was honest. <laughs> Dude, that was – so he made the move in the second turn. And then the Colombian kid, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, so apologies. Those are two of the best corners I've ever seen. If you're a rider and you want to watch someone carve a corner, rewatch the semi. 
Um, I can't remember the first or second semi, but um, one, the one with pills. Watch okay. the semi with pills on day one and watch how hard Rassi, um carves the second turn. Man, I don't understand how they, these guys carve that low. Seriously. On, especially on these turns where we've talked about them being slippery, a little bit flat, like it's a little nerve-wracking. Like it's, It is incredible how low some of them are going. Dude, that Colombian kid put on a fucking clinic in the last corner. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving the rewatch like, now. That was a like a banging race. Like in first turn, moves going dude, down. Yeah. Second turn, he goes low as shit. And then the last turn, just all out, just action everywhere. Like Ross coming under uh, pills, and then Simon high low in with Racine back there too. Crazy, crazy action. That was all. Wild so much. The fact that Pills was getting pinballed around everywhere, I can't believe that fucking guy didn't make the main. He it was, was in such a good position. Yeah. He didn't like he didn't like make anything huge errors. Like the racing was just insane. Those guys I would say out raced them. It was yeah, it's one of those things I feel like sometimes you get you're just in the mix in action and it's not like you get caught up like off guard or out of position, but there's just so much happening that sometimes you just don't have space. And he didn't have any space, and then it's like, okay, cool. Well, now he's out of the race. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing how fast things can change. Happened to me one year in a, in a quarter and two Fista. I was, I was second behind Sam down the second straight, ended up getting last. So I ended up getting pushed off the, ended up getting pushed off the track on the last turn, but I remember rolling across the line thinking, wow, I did I get here? I was in second. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild, hey? And I got, even in that semi, too, so... Coming into the second turn, you got Ross. Ross Cullen was in second. Pills was in third. The Colombian guy goes under both of them, goes into second. In the last turn, Ross gets kind of put up. Pills somehow goes off the track by himself. And then you got uh, Racine and Simon, that high-low, both of them at the same time, basically, and take third and fourth. Like, that's just how fast a, a BMX race can change. It's insane. Dude, how about, how about that Colombian kid's last turn? Did you see the last turn again? I'm watching the last turn. It was his second turn that was just unreal. Yeah, that was Romain, right? Uh, oh, you mean the French? You mean Racine? Yeah, yeah, it was Racine's second turn. The Columbian kid in the last corner. Yeah, uh, no, the Columbian kid was the second turn. Racine was the last turn. Racine's last turn oh, okay, low, I got low, was just up. unbelievable. Okay, yeah, you got. It. I got it mixed up then. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, those two turns, like. I was watching. I had to rewatch it because I watched the replay. Obviously, because it was on early. Yeah. And I rewatched the race a couple times, um, and it was just in awe. Like their positioning was so good on the bike. They used such a low part of the corner that most riders wouldn't dare to touch because they're scared to slide out. Straight up. And it yeah. was super comfortable, just just ripping through the bottom of the corner. Yeah. It's insane, hey! Uh, absolutely insane that they're able to go that low, find the traction like they did. Honestly, really cool. Like that. That's high-level riding. Like, that's really high-level skills in a moment that really makes a difference. You really see that out of the French and the Colombian all the time, I feel like. Of, of the people that you watch and we comment on turns or moves like that, it usually is from the Colombian riders and the French riders. You, do you find that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think it's no... It's no coincidence. I mean, they work on that a lot. They work on a lot of tactical and technical aspects, which in North America, like as a culture, we typically don't. Yeah. We don't, like, most people in North America don't just work on corners or work on race tactic, but, like, for instance, in, in French culture, we do a lot of group riding, we do a lot of track work. Um, so they're used to those situations and used to having to switch up their lines and not take ideal lines. Whereas in North America, we don't typically do as much of that as a, as a whole. Now, we're, we come from that, I'd say, ABA background where it's like, all right, just get fast off the start and just lead the race. 100% and just figure, hope, just figure out the rest and keep together somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't breed well-rounded racers. No, unfortunately, it really does not. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of semis, I don't know if you watch the other semi had Carlos in it. I don't know if you remember that one, but Carlos was just doing Carlos things. He went from out of the the first turn, he was in seventh. Coming out of the second turn, he was in fourth. The fact that he passed three guys down the the second straight into the turn was incredible. Split the two into the into the second turn. I think it was uh, Romain and maybe Julian Schmidt or something. But split the two into the turn and got into fourth. Unbelievable, that guy. He's one of those guys we talk about, just a racer's racer. 
Yeah, and it's not even surprising anymore because it's just what he does. Yeah, honestly, you know, it doesn't matter what position he's in in the first turn. You just expect him to be top four at one point. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you just kind of, like, he's done it so many times. Like, he's just, that's just one of his, that's his moneymaker. He's, um, yeah, I mean, he's just a racer. So, he, he's able to find openings that other people aren't. And he gets really creative on the track. And then if you look at, I bet if we track people's lines throughout a race, he uses the entire track, and he's very comfortable using the entire track. Whereas a lot of times people feel really kind of flustered if they have to all of a sudden jump out of the main line or switch up the lines they maybe never do, whereas he, he doesn't, I don't think he cares. He just goes wherever he has to. No. Yeah, it's so true, though, hey? He's very, it doesn't matter how close he is to somebody or where he gets put. He, he's always... He's always just looks like he's in his comfort zone. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of – okay, so now – sorry. So now I'm kind of backtracking a little bit for all of you at home. So now I'm going to that other semi we talked about with uh, the Colombian and Racine. I didn't realize or I forgot that Racine completely cheesed his gate, didn't even do a gate, didn't even snap, was dead last by like half a hill out of the turn and just picked his way back to, uh, to fourth. That was pretty cool too. Got to point that out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that track, like, it's kind of, like, obviously, we chatted about last week, the track isn't great, but there were definitely places to pass. There was a ton of passing, which I'm always a fan of. I think all tracks should be, you should be able to pass on all tracks. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, we, we talked about the turns being shit. I think that was clear for a lot of people, a lot of sliding out. But the, the race action we saw, the amount of passing that went down, there's no denying that it was a track made for exciting racing. Yeah. So that's a really cool part of it, even if obviously the layout's not great. Yeah. I'd love to, we're going to have to get um, somebody, somebody direct from the source, a racer on, we'll have someone on next week. I'm sure. Uh, I've got to hear what their actual opinions are, their thoughts. I mean, you kind of get the, the idea from social media, what people are saying, and we text with friends and whatnot, but it'd be nice to actually talk to somebody and get the uh, direct from the source um, thoughts. Yeah, maybe we can next week. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if who brought this up in the last couple of shows, but I know we we spoke about it off air. But like I told you before, we need like the World Cups in Europe and on that side of the world need to be in the evenings. So in North America, we can watch it. And I don't just like I'm not saying this because of Canada, because obviously Canada is a small BMX market. But the biggest uh, BMX market is the U.S. Mm-hmm. And if you have the World Cups in Europe during the day. No one in the U.S. can watch it live. You're missing out on the biggest market in our sport. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want people's eyeballs on the sport live, our sport's a niche sport. We're not on the mainstream television. Like the people who follow the World Cups, the majority of people are just diehard BMXers, the BMX fans, the BMX families. And so, you, we need to accommodate that as a sport. Like we need to make sure the World Cups are in the evening so people can wake up on a Saturday or Sunday at 9 or 10 a.m. or whatever, um, I watch the BMX World Cup for a couple hours in the U.S. I think it's really important. I think it is, too. We talk about different ways that we can get eyeballs in the sport, and that's just an easy an easy way to do it, I'd say, too. Um, and it's, yeah. by putting it in the evening, you can you make it the show. Make it a show for locals to come watch. Like That's their evening thing is to come watch the racing. And then, yeah, it becomes a, an easier live watch for the people in North America. Um that's our whole goal is to get more eyes live so people watch the action. I mean, when it's when you when it's watching it when it's already happened, like I'll, I'll go back and watch the live replay on YouTube, but it's not the same. People aren't going to do that because you wake up and you, you usually see the result. So it's like, okay, I see the results. I'm not going to go watch the entire thing. But if it's live, people are going to tune in. Totally, and I understand. Like, there's an added like logistically, it can be harder at the race because for whatever reason, maybe you can't, or you obviously have to bring in TV lights yep. and light it up. But they did that in Chula Vista before in Beijing in the night races, and I don't think it's that big of an expense in, in comparison to the amount of live viewers you're going to also bring in, in the, from North America, specifically the U.S. Yeah, and I also think it, it might be more expensive too, you're right, but it's like, yeah, it's way cooler. I think it's so damn cool to see people racing under the lights. Yeah, I think the vast majority of us DMXers would... Um, or like it better. Um, but yeah, like other sports have happened. Like they accommodate for time zones or accommodate for whatever. Like sometimes on the West Coast, they show things at four 
4 p.m., um, which isn't ideal on the West Coast, but it's to accommodate the East Coast, like New York City and those, for prime time at 7 p.m. Like, it's pretty common for sports to do this. Yeah, I know you're right. Yeah. Tape delay is a common thing in TV. They always tape delay stuff. Yeah. So I think that's something that's easily adjusted. And yeah, like you said, we always want more eyes on the sport. I think that's something that can easily be altered just to, yeah, accommodate the U.S. and um, some other time zones as well. We'll take this up to the uh, um, take this up to the board and present make a present presentation and get them to uh, sign off on it. <laughs> hey, Mr. Rider Rep, next meeting. I was supposed to, I got to reply to an email. I was supposed to go over my first uh, activity as Rider Rep. Oh, yeah, you need a secretary. I do. I need someone to take care of the logistical details of my life now. It's going to get really busy. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I don't have time for that one email this morning. I got I got shit to do. <laughs> I'm busy, all right? I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. I got a lot of stuff to do. Like, I got I to gotta rewatch golf from the weekend. I can't, be, I can't be answering an email in the morning. We got a podcast to run. We got to talk some BMX action. We can't be dealing with that crap. Um, so, yeah, uh, getting back to, um, uh, to the men, like into the main especially. So, did you see Carlos' date the first day where he cheesed and was in last? Uh, I'm just watching it now. I'm watching the main event now just so I have the live replay on hand in my head. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he didn't actually, like, people were saying online, I saw some people commenting or whatever, that he, like, did that on purpose. He actually didn't. Like, I talked to him after. I just messaged him and said, dude, congrats, awesome, blah, blah. Got caught napping in the gate, right? Ha, ha. And he basically said, yeah, like, he just, he just had a really bad start. Yeah. I, I heard the same, too. It sounded and if like you watch, he wasn't on his starts that day. No, and if you watch it, like, it was a really quick pause, too. Like, it was like, watch the gate, and it went right away. And sometimes you can get caught napping, and it just, you just cheese, which, yeah, he just obviously had a bad start. You can tell he actually probably got caught off, caught off. Um, off guard a little bit. Guard. Yeah. Yeah. And then just which can happen, and it's infuriating when that happens. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you feel like you didn't even get a chance to participate in the start. You're like, cool, like I just missed the start. Like people are just gone. And I'm just gonna have to start racing behind. Like <laughs> it happens so quickly. <laughs> you know what happens usually too. Like in those instances, for whatever reason, if it goes right away, you're caught off guard. It happens once in a while, and you end up just like half snapping and just lifting your tire straight up. And then while it's happening, you're like, wow, good one, you fucking idiot. And you're mine. <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> You're like, oh, what the hell is going on, you dumbass? <laughs> oh, it's so funny, hey? Oh, it still happens to you. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then he caught up so quick. Like, down the first straight, through the first corner, into the second corner, and he caught up in no time. One of the things I find he's, obviously, there's a lot of things he's good at racing around the track, but his spatial awareness behind like um a pack like that like down the first straight pack like a lot of people will race behind the pack and kind of wait till the slot opens up he races into the pack and makes a slot if that makes sense yeah totally yeah. um you know what honestly too sometimes sometimes it's better in a main or a semi when it's really close if you get like a horrific start it's actually better because then you're a bit farther behind you have some more clean air and you can pick your lines get like not a great start but not a horrible one and you get cut off kind of like at the bottom of and you have to let off because you're going backwards with speed yep there's nowhere to go where if you're if you're off the back like you're actually gaining speed down the first straight and going into the first turn hot and it can usually come out in a decent position so it's kind of it's kind of funny how that works out usually yeah it's it's uh Something that you don't really think about when you're in the race because you just want to be as fast as you can down the first straight, obviously. But it is. like It, it often works out better if you are picking up speed in the first turn versus, yeah, mid-pack, get cut off into the turn, and then you're just you're losing speed into the turn. Yeah, sometimes it's, if you're going to have a bad start, like have a really bad one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to cheese, cheese hard, and then make up for it. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Um what a what a race by the Colombians though! Like Arboleda, like we talked about, put it together, just clean whole shot. Um, Vinny, absolute rocket out of the start as well. They were those two were just on top of their starts that day. 
those are some three of the nicest guys in BMX. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know Diego. Yeah. Um, but he is one, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So awesome to see him win. Like, he's been on the up-and-coming ever since he got his first podium in Manchester, I believe, in 2019, that was. Yep. Um, kind of like a breakout ride for him, and he's been right up there ever since, and he's had good results, and it seems like he's been knocking on the door for a breakthrough, and he, he did it, which is awesome. And um, Vincent has been Vincent's been fast literally for 12 years on the World Cup circuit, and the fact that he this is his first podium is astounding to me. Um, he's you know he's just been a staple on the circuit forever. Yeah, he, he really has, and he's we've talked about him how fast yeah. his starts are. He's always been quick. Um, this year, like especially, uh, I feel like he kind of stepped it up again, which is really cool, kind of crazy to see, but really cool to see at the same time for someone, I'd say, a little later in his career that's still able to find a new level of success, speed, whatever you want to call it. And not only he got his first main earlier this year in Bogota, but now he was in all four mains in Turkey and gets on the podium on uh, the third or day one here on Turkey 2. Really cool to see. Just as like a fan of him, just as a good guy, good for the sport as well. It was it was exciting. It was cool to see. Yeah, um, raced really well. He looked really comfortable on the track. Obviously, his starts were phenomenal as always. But I think his mentality has changed this year, especially with making mains in Colombia. Like you can see, his belief is slowly increasing. Uh, battling for whole shots and in quarters and semis and being the main more consistently. Like I think he's getting consistently more comfortable being up there and really believing that he can be, which at the top, that's a difference. Like, everyone's fast, but it comes down to the guys that truly believe they belong there and, and go into the gate and you know, this is, you know, I'm better than these guys. Like, I can do this. Why not me? Yeah. Um, and, it seems, and it seems like that's happening to him. And to have his first podium and all the success that he's 31 now, that's, I mean, that's really impressive. Often at that age, you're kind of on the downtrend and kind of, almost stuck in your ways. I don't know if that's the right term, but he's um, kind of reinvented himself in a way. So, I mean, that's really impressive in general. Yeah. Yeah, I was just checking, looking back at the race, and, um, man, Carlos made one of those moves cutting over behind Eddie into the second turn that was just one of those front tire was so close to the back tire, it scared me watching it. Okay, Eddie's pull manual in the first jump was fucking nasty. That Dude. thing, he was doing, like, like, we need a whole segment based on that. That was sick. That was dialed. Like, he, in the semi, he did it super clean when he was like, it pulled him ahead, probably half a bike. And God, that was so sick to watch. Like, I, I hate jumps that are manualable, but the way Eddie rides his bike, we've always talked about his cool style. Like, he just makes it look so cool. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're both not fans of, you know, now the first jump, but that aside, fuck, that was sick. Man. That takes so much skill, and not even just skill, like commitment. There's a lot of guys that could do that, but to be able to like truly commit to it and be able to kick it off for six, seven laps in a day and do it under pressure, that alone is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like if you if you bump that, like you're fucked. You're you're, you're like your first trade's done. You're screwed. There's no coming back from that one if you do that. <laughs> No, that's why like most guys wouldn't do that because it's risky. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it does. I will say, doing a pull nine like that does get a little dicey later in the rounds. When if you're banging bars with guys at the first jump and you go to yank for it, it's a little dicey. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just I hate how it, it's scary to watch because when you're in the mix like that, even as someone just watching, it's like those bar ends get real damn close to those wheels. <laughs> Yeah, like that, and even like if you're like kind of battling someone, kind of the last thing you want to do is <laughs> is do a big wheelie at the bottom of the hill when you're going 60k. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, man, it looked like Eddie was like, going to get that podium though until uh, Carlos came out. It really looked like Eddie was having one of those days where he was just good form, in good positions at all times. Thought he was going to be getting on the box there. Yeah, and honestly, for him, it's just a matter of time. He's one of those guys where he'll he'll be on he'll be on one uh, in no time. It's just it hasn't happened yet, which is frustrating. Like I went through the same thing. I my first no, yeah, second year when I first um, started making mains more consistently and stuff. I made all the mains in a year and didn't get on a podium. And the next year, I podiumed at both the World Cups I did. And it usually happens like that. Like you'll see. Eddie will probably make World Cup mains, and then he'll 
get on a podium and make some more consistently, like just probably see Diego and some guys do that. And that's usually how it works. Like look at Simon this year too. True. Yeah, big time. Talk about stepping it up, yeah. You step yeah, up and then so, you just get comfortable in that new that new position you're in as like as a race winner or battling for wins, stuff like that, yeah. So, um, Saul Colombian podium. I think Meek, Meek tweeted you back, I saw, and he said the French did it in Manchester, right? Like 2019 they did that? Yeah, I wasn't, I forgot how recent that was. I thought it was long, yeah. ago, longer, but I was like, I wasn't surprised that it was the French that had swept a podium um, like that. But I guess the reason why I didn't remember that's, that's, uh, that sweep was Sylvan was in the world champ jersey at the time, so I didn't remember you're going to think of it in my head as seeing like three French jerseys this time around three Colombian jerseys. They sweep the podium. They also get fourth place. That was wild to see. Okay. So the Frenchman doesn't count because Silver had a different jersey. <laughs> so actually, no, it was two French and one guy that's actually a world champ, but he's just from French. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Jersey clause because the podium shot has to have the same Jersey. So, so the Colombians <laughs> are the first people to do it really. <laughs> You can't just have one willy-nilly world champ jersey up there. I don't care, Sylvain, if your world champ doesn't count. No, I mean, the Columbians are the only team that have done it. Doesn't count. Just does, No, it doesn't count. No. <laughs> I, be, I believe, was it, in that one, was it Joris, Ren Carell, Sylvain or something? It was, yeah. Yeah, that was the day yeah, one okay. Manchester. Yeah, I think Sylvain snipped. Yeah, because the next day, Kai. At the line. The yeah, because yeah, the next one, Kai won, right? Yep, yeah. We won't get into why he won. We won't, we won't say that. No, no, that's, that's laid to rest now that our, our guy T-Raf has uh, kicked that box. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as cool then for G-Raf. It's a much better story that he won his last ever World Cup. I mean, that's a much better way. Talk about, yeah, that's, it's just way cooler to say that he went out winning his last. He won his last World Cup. He went out. Like, that's just insane to, to say, yeah. Oh, it's way, way fucking cooler. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the women first today? Yeah, I was going to say, what did we say for numbers? What, did, what was our guess for numbers for this race again? I feel like we, didn't we say like 90 or something? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what we said. Probably we were, I would think I was gambling like 80 to 90 or something, something like that maybe. Right. I think yeah. we, are, we are way the hell off. There was like 130 or something, wasn't there? Um, well, in the men elite, there was like, I don't know, 45, 42. What, how many were there? Uh, okay, so I'm looking at this is the second weekend um, of race action so that, that people might have dropped out. Uh, 41 people. Okay, but how many? 41 in Men Elite. There's like 41 people a second weekend? Because there's, there's under 23 now. So I don't know if we count the numbers. Right, yeah, we, yeah. we got to count the numbers differently. But in Elite Men... There was forty-one, and elite women. There was twenty-two. How many were the first weekend? Any idea? Uh, I can go back and find it. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know where to begin with the women. So Felicia, holy shit, her first race were fast, like we talked about in the uh, initial part of the show. Um, for the last straight, not so much. I don't know how else to say it. It was crazy. Dude, yeah, she was absolutely ripping. The fact that she whole-shotted four World Cups, she whole like, in the finals, like, she's whole-shotting all of them. Insane how fast she was off yeah. the start. Yeah, like, what a weapon. Honest, I don't know what else to wear. Like, fuck, she's so good. Alicia, like, when she's on, she's so dominant now. Um, she's still pretty young, too. So it's really cool to see, like... Obviously, we chatted last week. We were both really happy for our first World Cup win, long time coming, and to back it up with, you know, even though she didn't win, like pretty dominating overall racing, um, was really cool. Like, obviously, stings for her to get passed by Laura down the last straight more than once, but I think other than that, like, she could hold her head high. Like, she's going to win many World Cups here moving forward, and I have no question about that. No, I don't think anybody could question that at all. I mean, if you're you have the speed to whole shot against riders like Laura, Mariana, Meryl, Zoe, all these women, Molly, like you're, you have the speed to win any world cup at any time. Um, she's clearly in really good form right now. If she's, she's doing it four times like that. 
and from the outside. Yeah, and just to put it together and get your best starts and first rate when it counts, that's a huge win in itself. So even though on paper, I don't want to say she only got one win in Turkey, but with how good she, you know, with how good she raced, like it was still a win overall. I would say as a trip for her. Yeah, no, I would agree. She got to be like, there's got to be some frustration with um, getting passed on the last straight, but that's that's racing at one point. The stuff that she could really control, which was her starts and whatnot. She handled it. And I don't think there is – it's not a surprise, you know, that the, the whole shot hubs that she was using got her to that whole shot. <laughs> um, I've never been that interested in that position, which is actually kind of fascinating to be in, like you keep getting past the same straightaway. Like I guess you just keep trying the different line. You keep trying to be better, but at some point, like if you just – yeah, someone's just better than you in a straightaway, what do you do? Like I don't know. Yeah, and I think she even commented on uh, day two that she she tried different lines. It wasn't like she just did, kept doing the same thing over and over. She tried something different. Um, but yeah, like I, there there are times where it's like you're faster one part of a track, one part of a race, but someone else is just faster in another. And if they're in that position, which Laura got herself in both days, which was right behind her, um, it's just there's not much you can do when it's just head to head down one straightaway like that. No, like it's easy as people watching for people like, oh, she blew it, but like she didn't blow it. Like she, she did her best. She changed lines. She obviously tried everything she could down the last grade, and if she just got passed by someone like Laura, obviously who was just better at the last straight than her, what are you gonna do? Like she, Felicia obviously tried and did the best she could. Um, but if you get beat by down the last straight by someone who can just do it better than you, like I don't know what your other options are. You don't. You really, can't say you yeah. blow it. Blew it. You can't say blue because she didn't. Like she just got passed. No, yeah, it's just that's part of racing. That's part of the action. Like you, you practice different straightaways. You try to be better at all of them. Some people get you an edge on one part. Some people get an edge in somewhere else. Yeah, you're right. It's just part of it. It's definitely not. A yeah, dis- I don't think she- disappointed. Yes, I'm sure she is. But it's not like it's something to be like, okay, we need to dwell on this. Like it just happened, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think it's like a glaring mental problem. Like she just choked every time in the last stream, blew it. She didn't. She just got passed. So sometimes, sometimes you just get passed. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think the major takeaway is the fact she got all those hole shots. I mean, we're looking ahead. I'm, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into it this show, but we're looking ahead to the USA BMX race, grand nationals, the race that we're going to be at. Um, and I think she is showing well, if she's hole shotting these racers mm-hmm. on Supercross Hill, she's going to be in great form come grand's time going after that USA BMX title. A hundred percent. And, I mean, in regards to Laura, like, what a finisher. Holy, so clutch. Talk about, I know you, you made the post, tweet tweeted about it, World Cup GOAT. I think that's very safe to say right there. She has just dominated these Dude. World Cups, always in a good position, and talk about an absolute finisher on these last last couple of races. Absolutely, the World Cup GOAT. I mean, amazing. Like, I mean, 23 wins now at the time on Saturday, 22. Um, 100% World Cup GOAT. So I texted her after racing on Saturday. And I was like, hey, Lark, like, World Cup GOAT, congratulations, super happy for you, kind of whatever. Yeah. And she texted, me, she texted me back saying, yeah, like, thanks, blah, blah, blah. And then she gave me shit because my facts on the last podcast were wrong. I'm assuming she was meeting how I thought she didn't win in Verona. Um, <laughs> so, which I was, which I was totally wrong about. So she was giving me shit for uh, incorrect facts, but you know, fair, fair enough. I'll take it on the chin. And I was just like, well, Laura, stop fucking winning so much. It would be so, so tough to keep track. You know what, Laura, when you have 20 of these wins, you have over 20 of these world cup wins. It's hard to keep track of one or two. It's easy to be like that guy won a couple world cups. When you win 20. Okay. That's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> I was like, Laura, I'm trying my best. Stop fucking winning so much. <laughs> Give us a break and just, you know, stay at one number for long enough that we could remember it, okay? <laughs> for Laura, really happy for her. Um, yeah, outstanding. Like, what a feeling that would be to pass someone down the last trade to win a World Cup. What a thrill. Like, you come out of the last corner, you're gaining on them, and then you just pass them. So cool. Yeah, you look at you look at any kind of sports games, matches, you want you want to see that final play, that excitement at right at the end. Well that's BMX last straight right there. And that the ladies brought the excitement. Like they were battling to the line every time. And it wasn't like 
yes, the top three was the same. I think Laura, Felicia, Mariana, both days. Um, but there, it felt like the, all the women were close and in a good tight mix, could battle the entire race, which I thought was cool. We're going to talk about Molly. So Molly was talking pulling, let's say that, but it also her move in the first, um, in the main, Shia shuffled back when she went in the first and sixth and came out third, ultimately didn't get third, but she literally came out third, um, battling with Mariana for third, I believe, and then just ended up, I think she cased the jump before the second turn or two jumps before and got shuffled back. I, I think she finished seventh or something, but yep. she literally came up third in the first turn was, was battling for another podium. So that that's dope. Really cool to see. I mean, she's a she's got a she's a threat. She's got the speed. She's clearly got the power out of the start and making moves like that. I think that's uh, that's a good sign. I, I think it's nice to see from her because we've seen now her her kind of get the whole shot, not a whole shot, but be up there leading the pack a little bit, be at the front runner. But then we see another glimpse of her her race speed or race craft here, making that move in the first turn, and it just one simple little case was the only difference there. Um, she could have been battling for that podium in that last straight. You never know. Yeah, so awesome to see her back up her podium last weekend with uh, another good good day and good weekend. Very much so. You talk about, uh, oh my, sorry, I got something else. This is later on. Anyways, yeah, really cool to see. Uh, it's cool to see her back it up, not just from the, the podium, but now to, to be a, a main event contender consistently. Um, you know what's kind of odd? They didn't do um, headshots in the semis. Like, you oh, know, the yeah. camera pans across it. They didn't, so, yeah, they didn't do that. Like, they've always done headshots kind of across the semis, which is, I think is really good, is really cool and good, and they should. But I noticed they didn't, they didn't do it. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah, like, they always did it for semis and mains, but it, they ran the semis pretty quick. Like, they were only, like, two minutes apart or something. It was, yeah, like, one after the other. So, <laughs> I don't know, like, if it's a cramp for time, like, in terms of uh, broadcasting, or I don't know, but... I, yeah, that was a bit weird. I, I like having the I like having the headshots in there for the semis. I think it's that's one of the cool features that they normally have as well. Um, that kind of creates a little bit of special atmosphere, builds a little bit of pressure. I don't know. You should be treated with respect when you make it to the final like that. So, or even to the semis. So yeah, it's kind of bummer. I wonder why they did it. There's probably a reason. Probably something to do with the timing, trying to get it finished in time. I think was it both days? I think the timing of the event was right during um, some sort of Turkish prayer church thing of some sort because I think there was delays. I think it was both weekends, both days, and it was when one of the women's races was up. I want to say it was a semi. I'm just trying to go back and find it. Um, thought that was kind of comical. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I can't. Pretty sure it's right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're up there. And it, I don't know for sure, but this is why we need somebody that was there to give us the details. But yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see them bring the semifinal headshots back. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think they will. I don't think that was a permanent no-go. I think it was just maybe it's just a small World Cup weekend. They knew it was going to be a quick one. They tried to cut it down in time, and maybe that was why. Who knows? Um, anything else for day one, or are we good for day two? I think we're good for day one. Um, this is completely random before we get to day two, but I posted the picture. I saw um, Natalia Afromova was out there getting her head in the zone before the races, doing her, her twirling, her, her little, I don't know what we want to call her act, um, fireballs I'm talking did about. You, did, you post, did you post it? I haven't seen, seen the post. I, I just posted the photo. Um, <laughs> And then I just she's got, the go. She's she's the she's the real she's the real MVP for doing that. Dude, it's so I love it. I love when you know she's that's her thing. She just does her thing, and that's what gets her in the right headspace, right zone. Anyways, I posted the photo, and then I just got we just got a DM from a guys at 15 BMX, and I don't want to open the video because it's gonna play the sound. I might have to just open the video for you to hear it. But I, it's there's balls on fire. Fucking right, there are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the best warm-up routine in the world. It's just the best warm-up routine in the world. Dude, it's awesome. The balls are on fire. That's what I'm talking about. We need, we need someone to send a video so we can post it. I, I, I have the video now. I will post it. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. 
yeah, you got it. How can you not love it? Right. Um, so day two, did you notice like this weekend, there's a lot of people eating shit on the Supercross hill. Like Carlos ate shit on the hill in the semi, I believe. Yeah. But he wasn't the only one. I can't remember who else did, but I noticed it a few times, which is like you, that's extraordinarily rare to crash like on the steep part of the hill. Yeah, it was the, I believe it was the women's semi one of the days, um, or the women's action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was shocked as well. I was like, where the hell is this coming from? When's the last time we saw somebody or people crash on the hill other than spin out or break a pedal, a chain, and flip over? Like, when do we see that? Yeah, you never you never actually see it. You hardly ever ever see somebody get bumped and crash on that steep part of the hill. Like, I, I don't even know if I've seen that before. I don't, I don't think I have. Which is crazy to think I know. about it. And then it, we saw it twice this weekend, and then it come into play in such a big way with uh, with with Carlos. Yeah, tough way to call for Carlos to go out, especially being up to the title. But man, he raced he raced his heart out in Turkey overall, so can hang his hang his hat on how he raced, even though I'm sure he's disappointed not to not to battle for the overall. Yeah, no, I think I think you're yeah you're definitely right. I mean, the amount of moves that he made in one weekend, phenomenal shitty position just getting in a little bit of a pinch box there with the swiss boys um boy, i was a bummer yeah i was i was very bummed to see that just because i knew there was a good battle for the overall um and we'll get to that but god it would have been cool if he was in the main hey i think i'm sure he's bummed. i know how that feels too because like when i was up for the world cup title in 17 against connor and sylvan and dave vandenberg I ate shit in the semi the first day. You just have like a crushing feeling. Like not only you bum, you missed the main, but you're like, oh, like the other dudes are in the main and you kind of know it's over. And it's just like, it's a, it's a crushing feeling. You don't even get a chance, yeah, you know, you, 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 really get a, you don't get, you, you don't, yeah, you don't give yourself a real chance to be in the main or in the main and have a shot. And obviously that's racing and that happens, but it's just like, Oh God, you're like you do all that work and then you crash in the semi and it's kind of done. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. You're, you're helpless at that point. It's like, you had a shot. All you had to do was be in the main. It's like once again, it's one of those positions where it happens so early in the race. You didn't even get to to take part in the race. Kind of. That's that's sort of the feeling I always have when something happens that early or like that. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad, but obviously it's racing. Yeah, Arboleda was was pulling in that semi once again. He was on form. Yeah, and uh, Eddie's pull manuals were indeed nasty on day two as well. <laughs> I bet you he loved say, every I'm a little su- It was manualable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to say that I, I'm a little surprised George didn't get a win, to be honest. No, but after seeing his post, I don't know if you saw it. He just posted it uh, recently today. Yeah, I know you've had a busy day. I think it was today. Um, he was yeah, pointing, yeah. Out, pointing I out. I saw his post that I Sorry, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I saw his post. I didn't get a Yeah, he. Uh, I guess it sounds like he got got a case of the COVID, unfortunately. So had to sit all week. I'm I'm assuming he had to sit all week and rest um, to be cleared to to then get a test and get cleared to race on the weekend, which sounds like he did. But I can't imagine he was in a tip top shape after probably feeling like shit and then having to to sit and rest probably for for a week straight there. So he had it between races or like before the first one? Apparently he had it, I want to say between. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say between based uh, based on his post. Crazy. So he must have raced with it, raced with it the first weekend. And just had no idea, yeah. Yeah, he says He's he doesn't know when well. he caught it, but um, his test Friday came back negative, so that's why he was allowed to race the last two rounds. Was there any, yeah, I wonder if that, like, testing in general, if you just felt like shit and probably got tested, you know? Yeah, you never really know, hey. Um, so that sucks, yeah. Like, I mean, there's nothing you could do if you go in a race feeling sick. I mean, you just, your energy's zapped, and you, sometimes if you're really sick, and be, you can have trouble focusing, and your nervous system's a bit fried, so that can be tough. Yeah, no, I think so. It's like, you're going to do all you can, but it's um, just one of those things. It's like, you're just not going to be 100%. There's nothing more to it. You just got to try to do what you got, do with what you got. And he did that, but just not the yeah. tourists we're used to. Yeah. Um, Simon and his quads, outstanding. Congratulations. <laughs> He's going to hate us. He hates, I, I don't think he enjoys it. He's like, are you guys, like, I remember one of the times he commented, he's like, you guys really obsessed with my quads. I'm like, well, yeah, your quads are huge. So, yeah, we are. 
You know, it's funny the way he stands on the podium. Like I think everyone stands the same, but the way he stands, it looks like it looks like he's like trying to show off his claws. I think he is trying to show him off. Like I think he's doing it on purpose. Like you know, you know what I mean. The way he's standing, like it's just like how do you? You can't not notice his claws. No, you can't. You just, especially with how tight the white pants are. Okay, the white pants as tight as they are. The way he stands. It's like he's in, a, he's in like a, one of those, you know, muscle comps, and they're just trying to show the quads off. That's the position you stand in to show the quads off. Yeah, it's quite funny, but, man, three World Cup wins this year, World Cup title, huge congratulations to him. What a step up. Totally deserved it. Phenomenal, honestly. And congrats to Liam as well for coaching him to that title. I mean, an absolute emergence of a new superstar, uh, superstar in the sport. Yeah, I saw... The stat, I think, from Neek or somebody said it or some, whatever, that he won three out of the six World Cups that he entered this year. That is a phenomenal stat. Talk about being well-deserved of that overall title this year. Um, the fact that he was able to hold shot that final from the outside after it didn't look like he was as dominant in the, like this weekend, let's say, and he still, when, it, when the time counted, he got the gate, got that whole shot. Incredible, man. He was so fast. Yeah, and I mean, he won one per weekend, too. So it's not like he caught lightning in a bottle and just did it on a weekend. He yeah. did one each weekend he raced. Yeah, I mean, that's how to be able to give your best stuff. I mean, between Verona and here, I mean, yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Talk about the, yeah, the right time it's to kinda, do it, too, with this final. Only this year, I think, it would happen where, like, he doesn't go to Bogota and he still wins the title, <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of funny. Probably, it might be the first World Cup season where the winner overall didn't go to all of them i think it might that might be the first time that's happened it's probably got to be yeah you got to think it has to be because i would yeah i would think yeah all the other ones everybody goes to or the series seasons were so short you couldn't miss one this one was medium length season and enough people missed the the two yeah crazy yeah eh? crazy yeah it's probably the first time it's happened but it's a bit of a weird year with i mean covid travel stuff and whatever so um, but yeah, awesome, awesome job for him. What a year! Hope he gets some good time off now. Yeah, he, he deserves a little breast heat or break. He's been going, going full gas. I feel like hasn't he since the Olympics? Probably has, eh? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he probably took a bit of a break uh, at some point, like a week or two. But generally, he must have been. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Either way, very cool to see. Very well deserving. I was bummed not to see my boy Rome in the final. Our boy wasn't having, yeah, wasn't I was, having uh, his, his uh, kind of weekend. No, I was. I watched him. He, he for sure he didn't have his best stuff this uh, this trip. It happens. Yeah, yeah. He because um, yeah, usually I mean he's one of the guys hole shotting every single lap. Um, yeah, he didn't have his best stuff, and that unfortunately happens. And holy shit, he his travel. I guess he's going to the U.S. now. I, was, I just sent him a message on Instagram this morning or whatever. Or I saw his story. But boy, oh boy, is he having one of those travel days we talk about. <laughs> get wakes up for like a 5 a.m. flight, can't take the flight, has to wait till the afternoon to get a flight, and just you got to just sit around doing nothing. Like, ay, yeah, yeah, what a headache. Hashtag free Romaine. Just let him on the plane, guys. He's a good guy. He doesn't have COVID. Let him fly. The fact that we're still going to deal with that stuff, man, shocking to me. The fact that he he can fly from somewhere but not somewhere to the same place is, is fucking stupidity. That is that is extremely stupid, really stupid. Yeah, I hate that. Um, but I guess he's coming. To the, I haven't talked to him. Like, is he coming to the Grands? I would assume he he is. Yeah. Um, is he going ahead with? He's going to hang out with Joris for yeah, for the for the Grands. Grands prep. His Grands prep. Joris in Florida, right? Uh, he's still living in Cali. He's been back and forth a few times, but he's back in Cali right now. Okay, I should go see those boys sometime. Yeah, yeah. I think George um, was doing his supercross cool, yeah. prep in, in Florida. Back to the flatland, flat hill stuff in Cali. <laughs> back to Bellflower, back to Bellflower Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool World Cup season for the guys. I mean been all over the place in terms of, like we said, but I think next year will probably be more of a normal year in terms of uh, World Cup and titles and everything. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely an opportunity that we got to see some new faces, um, new people in the mix, get some 
personal best results this weekend. So it's always good for them, um, for good for everybody. Racing was still good. So I'm already, I'm liking the fact that after the race, they had the, the trophy for the World Cup winner on hand right away. A lot of times it, it takes time to get, you know, the logistics all sorted, but they were able to get that onto the live feed so that people watching the live feed could see who won the World Cup overall. And I really like that. Give, Got to give them a shout out for that. I got to say that is, I think that's maybe the most beautiful trophy in our sport. It's so nice. Like, I still have, obviously, I have mine from when I got third overall in the series, and it's the same one. Um, that's such a beautiful glass trophy. Like, it, it looks like, a, it looks really legit, for lack of a better term. Yeah, as it should, too, because, I mean, there's no, like, USA, it's the moto style. You get the number plate, you get the number one, which is just all-time cool. You know, it has to have every place, everything's got to have their unique thing. And to have the, the glass trophy, I think, is really cool. That's the unique World Cup overall I think it's trophy. Cool. Totally. And I think it, it's a good look. For, like a World Cup trophy should kind of look like a, like a, like a crystal globe. Or, you know what I mean? Like yep. something like a world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a crystal globe would be sick. We need to, we need to bring out yeah. a crystal globe for the World Cup overall or the World Champs or something, something like that. Fuck yeah, we do. Like, I think in, I think in skiing, they're, they're, I've seen their World Cup trophies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. Yeah, it's, it's some kind of globe, crystal globe. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So cool. Um, the women's side of things, I mean, the, the name is like a carbon copy with Felicia and Laura, like we talked about. Almost identical <laughs> replay, unfortunately, for, for some people. It really was, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, both days, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, the, the fact that they had the same podium both days, same order, it, that was surprising. That was um, in a good way, though. Like, good racing, good battling. They were just duking it out again. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, Mariana, 30 years old, won the silver medal at the World Champions, or the Olympics this year, and then caps off this season winning the World Cup title. Like, She's amazing. I, I don't. Really, I was thinking to this morning. I don't know how you couldn't be a fan of Mariana. Like I know everyone has their like their rider they they root for, whether it be their country person or whatever. Yeah. But like literally, what's like I don't understand how you could not be a fan of Mariana as a person or an athlete. She's got it all. Honestly, she's got it all. She's you know what? Great racer, I think, respectful. I think. Yeah. I think if you're not a fan of Mariana, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Like, you need to go get checked. Like, something's seriously wrong. I think something's wrong with you. Like, she's my favorite BMXer. She's, she's awesome. Um, sure. The way she handles herself. And she has all the tools to do well, too. Like, she didn't um, bullshit everybody on, obviously, but she uh, made up for it with experience and racecraft and just overall speed. Yeah. And her interviews after, I, I tweeted about it, her interviews after are fantastic. I think she's really professional, respectful, like, um, but also, like, just tells it how it is for the most part. She's clearly been trained, Jeez. probably, but, I mean, it's just, you know, nice to see. Good, a lot of professionalism there. Yeah, she's uh, she's really ultimate professional, truly, so really happy for her. <laughs> Funny stories. I texted her after, and it's a congratulations, awesome job, all that. And she texted me, thanks. And then she sent me a video of them at the after party with, like, you know, like, music blasting or whatever. And she... <laughs> You know, referring to my Terry's bold predictions, the last one, I believe, I put no one goes to the after party. So she's like, prediction wrong. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> God, I wish I was at that after party. I miss, I miss the World Cup scene and all my friends there. I wish, well, it would fun if we could have gone and just hung out. That would have been a lot of fun. That would have been a, a very fun time, yeah. Um, you would have had to, if, next after party. I'm just going to put it out there. If we next after party you're at T, if it's a World Cup after party, you have to you have to get drunk. I don't I don't just there's no way around it. Oh, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. People want the tea that was at the, was back at the after parties in 2015, 16 those years. We want we want that tea to be showing up to the after party. <laughs> yeah. After after party tea. We want we want that after party tea back. <laughs> I got to say though, my I, I don't know how I'd hand, handle a hangover these days. So went, went over to Sam and Elise's the other night for dinner, and I just had an old-fashioned with Sam, which is basically just straight whiskey. Yep. I don't know how many shots it was. Say, I don't know. I don't know. It's like two, three, probably. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to say I was like really hungover the next day, but I, I felt that I had a drink the night before. Like I had a bit of a headache and felt a little dehydrated. So picture me having like multiple and multiple of these. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm moving the next day. The next day is a write off. That's, that's part of the, that's part of the after party experience T. You just got to go in baby. Let's go. Let's go. Hangover is part it of it. Is. It's, it's a two day you know, thing. I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not 21 anymore. I just can't handle the hangover like I used to. <laughs> You're getting soft, pal. You know the fact. You're getting soft. The fact that, the fact that we used to whatever go out and be super hungover and then fly, like go out all night, just come back, grab our shit, and go to the airport, and then fly whatever twenty hours home from Europe, whatever. The fact that I, used to, I don't know, how, I, I couldn't do that now. I don't understand. I don't understand how I did that. <laughs> you I don't died. know. I don't know how it's like. Yeah, you're just. I, you're right. It, you're just. It's not the same tea anymore. It's not the same tea, Daddy. <laughs> no. I would, all right, guys, just, I'm going to have to rebook me for, for Wednesday. I need, a, I need two days before I, before I fly overseas. <laughs> I'm going to need to book a, a room with an IV. I just need some, some fluids in me right now. I'm not going to be able to last these two days. Like, we need, we need, we need something. No, that was, yeah, that was something. But, yeah, next time we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, Back to the racing, I would say Zoe raced really well, but kind of kind of quiet in terms of um, like overshadowed by some of the other women who did better and got on the podium. But Zoe was really quick too. Yeah, she she definitely seemed to be back into a little bit of her her form. Um, she didn't make the final the second day on the weekend, but she obviously she did the very first day, got a fourth. Um, she was right back in the mix. She I think she's coming off an injury she had a while ago too, so. She's been kind of building back up, and you've said it before. We've said it. I don't think we'll be surprised when she's winning World Cups. Like, she's extremely good on the bike, really quick. Um, yeah. Yeah, and she's got a good um, mental approach, and, I mean, Liam's an awesome coach as well, so she's going to seem to have a lot of success. You know what's an interesting dynamic, an interesting duo, is Zoe, her, and um, Sai Hatakiyama. They're training buddies at the yeah. center, but neither of them speak English that well, I want to say. Like, obviously, they speak a better language than I could a second language. Anyways, but they're, like, they're very good friends by the, by the looks of it. They train together all the time. I'd love to know how their conversations go. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've wondered this in the past. People have BMX couples that have been, like, in a, in a couple, and they're both like, – they don't have a common language. Yeah, like, yeah. They both yeah. – English is both their, their common language, but it's their second language. They don't speak it really well. It's like, <laughs> how do you communicate? It's so, it's so tough, eh? I, I guess, uh, yeah, they would probably just... You yeah, figure it out. They'd be fine speaking English. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've kind of wondered that at times, too. It's, yeah, we're spoiled with English that everyone just... Whenever there's a, a language barrier, the other person just always seems to have to try to go to English, and we just expect them to do that. <laughs> You know, it's, it's honestly pretty bad that, like, we speak English, we don't speak our language, but then pretty much everyone in the world speaks English, and we, we just expect people to be able to speak English anywhere. Like, it's pretty entitled when you think about it. Yeah, I, I would say it is. Um, I don't think we're ever going to change. I don't know why, but it's just we are very entitled. I, I wish it was different. I wish I learned another age when I was younger. I don't plan to try to learn one now because, like I said, we're spoiled. Like, all the people I talk to, my, the friends I have, they all speak English, so... I don't plan to be trying to make a change, but it would be really cool to learn another language or at least know another one. Yeah, like I wish my parents would have put me in French immersion when I was a kid, but I speak fluent French. Yeah, that would have helped. The, the French classes we take in school were just diddly squat, did absolutely nothing. Oh, they're, they're a joke. I took French for six years and I still can't speak it. I, I was dumb. Stuff in school like that, you just it's do enough to pass. You just memorize enough to pass. You don't actually learn stuff. Well, it's not taught very well either. Like, it's a joke. Yeah, that's true, too. I learned how to say in steak, frites, um, steak and fries. Very useful. <laughs> very useful. <laughs> um, anything else on the women's day, too? Uh, let me just take a quick gander at the uh, our notes check. I think that was um, about it. I mean, like, like we talked about, it was pretty much a carbon copy at the finish. Um, Felicia looked like she tried to take a different line to stop Laura, but pretty much carbon copy. So, wasn't much else to digest or divulge into there. No, good racing. I really enjoyed it. Like, obviously, all the bangers were there, like we've talked about, but 
overall level was really good. Racing was still awesome. And yeah, it was cool. Good way to end the World Cup here on a high. Yeah, that it was. Yeah. Another season in the books, a World Cup season in the books. We look ahead to next year. We don't have any of the locations or dates yet, but we're looking forward to a good World Cup season going ahead next year. Yeah, for sure. A more normal one would be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Less less COVID stuff, less COVID bullshit. That'd be cool. And we'll be back with a guest next week. Yeah, who are we feeling? I don't know. Who are you feeling? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, the countdown to Grands is going to start soon. So, uh, yeah, I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear from someone who went to Turkey, too. That'd be cool. That would be cool, I think, just to get a little more insight into that. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thanks for, thanks for listening, people. Remember, ProGate, winning starts with a great gate. Get yours today, guys. Your track needs it. You don't spend all this money going to race and stuff to, to, to practice on a shitty gate. So get yours today. ProGate Europe, baby. Thank you guys for uh, being with us. All right, see you next week, folks. Later. What's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>